This is Deep Dive. I'm Sui. In this episode, we're turning our eyes to one of the most important political events in China. The 20th National Congress of the Communist Party of China officially kicked off in Beijing today. Today is October 16th, 2022. It's a Sunday. Xi Jinping and over 2,200 party members sat together for the opening session this morning. Xi Jinping reviewed the party's past 10 years and outlined a vision for the future. From this day forward, the central task of the Communist Party of China is to unite and lead the Chinese people of all ethnic groups in a concerted effort to realize the second centenary goal of building China into a great modern socialist country in all respects, and to advance the rejuvenation of the Chinese nation on all fronts through a Chinese path to modernization. What does that mean? I checked with reporter Yang Guang, who was there at a session this morning. Hi, Yang Guang. Hi, Sui. What are the takeaways from Xi Jinping's address this morning? In the near two-hour-long report, Xi Jinping reviewed the progress China and the CPC have made, charting the course for national development in the next five years and beyond. Xi Jinping mentioned major events in the past decade that held great historical significance for the course of the party and the people, including the accomplishments in poverty alleviation. And the building of a moderately prosperous society in all respects. He also hailed China's economic growth during the past decade, with the country's GDP more than doubled, and now accounting for over 18 percent of global GDP. Looking ahead, Xi Jinping touched on various aspects of China's future blueprint. He said, "High-quality development is the top priority in building a modern socialist China." He also noted that the country should focus on the real economy in economic development, and innovation should be at the core of China's modernization drive. Xi Jinping added that China will actively work toward its carbon goals. He further explained the missions of tasks of the CPC in the years ahead, stressing that China is dedicated to promoting human community with a shared future, adding that China will never seek hegemony. In particular, Xi Jinping outlined central tasks in the next five years and into the middle of the century. Professor Victor Gao from Suzhou University said that serving the people remains core to these tasks. By today, China has already completely and profoundly transformed itself economically speaking. By now, China is already the second largest economy, only after the United States by official exchange rate. And China ranks number one in a whole range of things. For example, for example, production of automobiles, iron and steel, you name it. However, China really need to put more substance to the economic development so that the 1.4 billion people can really get all benefits from the economic growth. I think to serve the people is really the fundamental drive for the CPC as a political force, and the people's desires keep changing. It's dynamic. It's not carved in stone. So I think CPC really need to understand what's the changing circumstances in China, what the people really want at this particular moment. For example, their economic growth has already enriched a lot of people in China, but that's not the end. They continue to desire more things, both economic as well as political. For example, and the CPC really can not be complacent. They re- nearly really need to be on the inno- innovative side. This is why this goal up to 2035. 
is very important because by then, according to Xi Jinping, China will have already achieved kind of comprehensive economic development, prosperous country, developed countries. And then by the middle of the century, China really will be, I think, one of the most important economies in the world and also one of the most developed countries in the world. And I think the whole Chinese people are really looking forward, not only to the coming five years, but all the way up to 2035 and then to 2049 or 2050, so that we will not be lost. We will have a very, very clearly defined goal going forward for ourselves, for our families, for our companies, institutions, but also for the whole Chinese nation. And all this is in the overall context of the global development because the Chinese economy really has a major impact on the rest of mankind. The National Congress will last a week. Delegates will be hustling into meeting halls to discuss critical issues of the party and the country. I spoke with current affairs reporter Goanna, who's with our reporting team at a Congress. Hi, Anna. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Sui. Glad to be here to share some of my research and observation on one of the most consequential political events in China. Thank you very much. Uh, first of all, share with us what you have experienced so far on the scene. Sure. I'm at the New Century Hotel, a venue designated for journalists and focusing on the press releases of this year's National Congress. And according to the press center here, the conference is attended by 210 media outlets from more than 80 countries and regions this time. Mm-hmm. So have you had any chance to talk with uh, with them yet? Yes, I had some chances to communicate with other journalists from abroad as we joined the Convergence Media Experience area during our free time where we could experience the development and changes of China in the past 10 years through 3D, AI, and various high-end technologies mm-hmm. during which some of them shared their aspiration and observations about the event in China. For example, a journalist from Vietnam told me um, that she mainly focuses on China's reform over the years and how it has boosted development. She compared China 10 years ago with today and felt the changes in China personally. She mentioned China's high-speed railway and the space station Tiangong. Uh, She is impressed by China's development and progress, and that's why she wants to explain China's reform model to her audiences back home. And another journalist from South Korea said he's been trying to understand why the Communist Party of China has such a broad social base and support, which is the main purpose of his job this time. He said he just learned that so many of the party delegates who attended the national level political events come from the grassroots. And we're not talking about county hats, village leaders here, but rather people uh, with everyday jobs like kindergarten teachers, farmers, or cleaners, etc. In addition to that, many of the foreign journalists who are in Beijing for the first time to cover the CPC National Congress also thrilled to say that the solemnity of the event made them feel honored just to be part of the witness of a historic moment. Hmm. I'm sure you also are excited to be covering such a a crucial political event. Uh, But before we delve into further, let's help our audience to have a clear picture of the meeting. Uh, What is CPC National Congress and what's it for? That's indeed a very complex question. Generally speaking, 
the National Congress and the Central Committee legs are the highest leading bodies of the CPC. They meet every five years to evaluate the progress of the past five years and to chart the course for the next half decade and beyond. The two primary agenda items are decision-making and elections. To put it more specifically, the Party National Congress hears and examines the reports of the Central Committee and the Central Commission for Disciplinary Inspection, a body that uh, supervises the, access, uh, the, the exercise of power by leading party members and officials, and uh, also their honesty in work, moral integrity, and so on. And the National Congress also set the roadmap for both the party and the country, revises the party constitution and elects new CPC central leadership, including uh, the new central committee and the central commission for disciplinary inspection. This year's Congress will offer a general overview of China's two-stage plan, a new journey to build a modern socialist country in all respects. That's to realize what we call the second centenary goal mm. by 2049, uh, at the centenary of the People's Republic of China, a prosperous, strong, democratic, culturally advanced, and harmonious China. Mm. That's why this 20th CPC National Congress has been deemed an event of a crucial significance at a critical time. Uh, uh, and by the way, China accomplished its first centenary goal, building a moderately prosperous society in all respects last year in 2021, with the results of lifting about 800 million people out of extreme poverty in more than three decades, a figure that represents about 70 percent of, uh, of global poverty eradication in the period and expanded its GDP by an average annual rate of 7.2% during 2013 and 2016, an incredible figure compared with 2.6% uh, average global growth and 4% growth of developing economies, just to name a few. Okay. So I believe these numbers represent a huge change and improvement taking place here in China over the years. And earlier you said uh, there are over 2,200 delegates and many of them are from the primary levels. Uh, they represent over 96 million CPC members across China. They are here uh, in the capital to attend the 20th National Congress of the Party. Uh, I'm curious, how were they elected? You know, some Western media or politicians attempt to portray China as having no electoral system mm. when propagating the false or simplistic idea that elections equal democracy. But actually in China, our election can be roughly divided into three parts. Party Congress elections, that's for the CPC party members. People Congress elections uh, could be de could be considered elections for lawmakers and people's political consultative elections. That's for supervising lawmakers, to put it in a more simple way. What you asked is the party Congress election. Mm. The election of party delegates has a set of strict procedures as is very important to the success of the party Congress because the quality and ability and more integrity of the delegates directly affect the quality of, de uh, of decision-making of the country, right? Mm. So in that case, um, the delegates are elected from 38 electoral units across the country from all levels. As you correctly pointed out, the delegates here are to present 96 million CPC members. That means the chance for 
a member to become a delegate to the Congress is about one in forty-two thousand.、Mm. So to ensure they are a sufficiently diverse representation of all groups and all demographics,、um, election procedure is carefully designed. First of all, to become a delegate, there are five steps to follow: get nominated by other party members, pass the electoral,、uh, pass the electoral unit's stringent evaluation,、mm -hmm. uh, become a preliminary candidate, then become a preparatory candidate, and then finally become elected delegate.、Okay. In fact, I think the most noteworthy part in these procedures is the public notification of the candidates for feedback and the visits to the grassroots. To hear the thoughts of the people about the individual candidates. Hmm. Why?、Uh, you you mentioned that we'll get public opinions about the candidates before they finalize the lists.、Uh, could you elaborate more on that? Yes, of course. Party members at all levels will vote for the candidates they approve, and after vetting, their names will be released to the public for another round of scrutiny.、Hmm. If you question a delegate's work ethics or confidence, a phone call or a letter. With evidence could make a big difference、mm -hmm. in his or her、uh, eligibility. The party will not tolerate any taint on its representatives, such as corruption or suspended collusion with businesses. In addition to that, all electoral units will also form investigation teams to visit rural areas, communities, enterprises, and government agencies to fully. Listen to the opinions of other party members and the general public, especially the opinion of the departments, the nominees, or the candidates has been in charge of, the people they serve, and the people around them, and also some other insiders. One example mentioned on the website of the CPC National Congress News Center is that. In Xinjiang, workers of one of the electoral units drove more than. Hundred kilometers in a freezing winter in、mm. order to inform herders who are、uh, who are also party members、okay. of the policies and requirements for electing delegates to the twentieth party、uh, national congress,、mm. and to get their opinions on the nominees. There are many similar cases across the country. I think these electoral procedures also provide the guarantee. For the fairness and the democracy of the elections, right, a very strong primary level mobilization. So, have you ever talked to any of the delegates yet, especially those from the primary levels, and what made them eligible? Yes, I was fortunate enough to have some interactions with a few party delegates before the opening session. As I touched upon earlier, the delegates should be exemplary members of the party and should meet stringent criteria. Political integrity is put first in the assessment, and to the party leadership, the candidates should first and foremost have solid ideals and high moral standards. Qualified delegates must be clean and honest. Corrupt officials will be banned from being nominated、uh, in the first place. In Guizhou Province, an active list was established during the election to disqualify those who violate political discipline and rules, or have problems with integrity, among others, for nomination as delegates. That brings us、um, to the delegates from the grassroots or the primary level. Many of them 
come from the least developed regions of China mm-hmm. or from the toughest circumstances. Uh, after graduation, some college students who joined the CPC during study went from cities to remote mountain areas to work as a village chief or village leader, helping them to get rid of poverty. Or uh, some scientists, with their knowledge, settled down at villages under challenging natural environment, researching the plants best suited to local conditions and spreading agricultural knowledge to the local farmers, not only um, have helped the locals escape poverty, but also help them get rich. That's incredible to many of the, to at, at least to me. Mm-hmm. Um, when we talk about China's achievements in poverty alleviation, behind those proud numbers, are actually the sacrifices and efforts of those party members. Right. They really serve the people wholeheartedly. I think that's uh, what made them eligible. Mm. Also, I mm. believe that many people like me think this is very assuring to put the country's steer will in their hands. Exactly. So there are indeed so many such noble cases, like you mentioned. And you said the broad representation of party delegates is guaranteed as much as it can. Uh, What's the significance of this? According to official data, one of the characteristics of the delegation this time is that uh, there is about 34% of party members working at the front lines of work and production. Another characteristic of the delegates features the increasing number of female and ethnic minorities representatives. Female delegates totaled 619, an increase about three percentage points, and uh, representatives from ethnic minority groups accounted for 11.5% of the total number, covering 40 ethnic minority groups. The average age of the uh, about uh, 2,300 delegates is 52 years old. Among them, around 60% are below 55 years old, and 20% are below 45 years old. Experts believe um, such broad representation of delegates, a guarantee of delegates from front lines, not only shows the solid and wide foundation of the CPC, uh, which maintains continuous succession and vitality, but also embodies the characteristics of intra-party democracy. Hmm. Thank you very much, Anna. As Anna explained earlier, Party members at primary levels have played and are playing crucial roles in Chinese society. For example, Delegate Chen Mai Dorje is from Gansu, Sichuan Province. He is also a postman with a route on the snow-capped mountains near the Qinghai-Tibet Plateau. This is Chi Mei Dorje, a postman delivering mail through snow-capped mountains with an average altitude of 3,500 meters above sea level in Sichuan Province. As a team leader, he speaks to his team members every morning to ensure everyone is well prepared for a long trip. Chi Mei Doji began to work as a postman in 1989, over a decade after China began its reform and opening up policy. But even then, the remote and mountainous areas where he delivered the mail were still isolated. At the beginning of the reform and opening up, there were few communications between high plateau areas like Gauss and the eastern urban areas. 
so it served as a link between them. We also delivered personal letters and money in rural areas because some workers sent money to their families in envelopes. Qi Mei Duoji and his colleagues were always ready for unexpected challenges, especially for the snow and ice in winter. But for him, the harshest thing has never been the bad natural conditions, but being away from his family, especially during Chinese New Year. We had a saying that there were only eagles in the sky and postmen on the roads during Chinese New Year. Others were having reunions with their families, but we were on the road. But thinking about people's smiles and happiness when they received mail or necessities made me happy too, and I never quit this job. And over the past 33 years, he has been impressed not only by the increasing variety of packages, but by the development of roads and traffic system. As a delegate of the 20th CPC National Congress, he says he wants to share with other delegates about the development in Gansu Tibetan Autonomous Prefecture. This year saw the 20th Congress of the over 100-year history of the CPC. Previous meetings had set landmark goals and paved manners of development for China. Before we go, here's a recap of previous landmark congresses. 76 Xinye Road, Huangpu District was once an ordinary Shikuman townhouse in Shanghai. But now it's well known as the birthplace of the Communist Party of China, where the CBC held its first National Congress in July 1921. But harassment from the local police at the time forced all 13 delegates to the Congress move the venue to a rented pleasure boat on South Lake in Jiaxing, Zhejiang Province. It was there that the delegates announced the founding of the CPC and outlined the party's basic structure. After two decades of deliberations, the CPC decided it must adapt a Marxism-Leninist ideology to the unique situation of China. Therefore, Mao Zedong thought was introduced as the party's guiding ideology at the 7th National Congress of the CPC in 1945, linking the real-life factors of the Chinese nation to the theoretical system of the party. The year 1978 marked a significant turning point for the party's leadership. Deng Xiaoping introduced the concept of reform and opening up. The policy led the country to an instant economic boom in the 1980s, and it still remains a major concept of the party's policy-making. In 1982, the 12th National Congress of the CPC put forward a path of modernization through socialism. The goal was to develop agriculture, industry, science, and technology, with the long-term vision of building China into a highly civilized socialist country. In 1992, the 14th CPC National Congress made an important strategic decision to establish a socialist market economy. That means making the market a fundamental factor in the disposition of resources under state microcontrol. The Congress also stressed the importance of economic reforms in realizing this innovative concept. At the 15th CPC National Congress in 1997, two landmark decisions were made. First, the theory initiated by Deng Xiaoping on building socialism with Chinese characteristics was officially named Deng Xiaoping Theory. The theory systematically answers key questions about socialism in a Chinese context. It is the second historic step in adapting Marxism to China's conditions. Second, the party proposed more ambitious goals for the future, known as the Two Centenaries. It aimed to build a moderately prosperous society 100 years after the CBC was established. 
That goal was achieved in 2021. It also set 2049 as the target year for a fully modernized socialist nation, when the People's Republic of China celebrates its 100th birthday. The party faced various challenges in working to achieve these goals. One of them was the issue of corruption. Therefore, the 18th CPC National Congress in 2012 raised the party's anti-corruption campaign to a strategic level, in a bid to counter graft and promote integrity of party membership. In 2017, at the 19th CPC National Congress, the party adopted Xi Jinping's thought on socialism with Chinese characteristics for a new era and approved the ideology into the party's constitution. The Congress put forward a clear blueprint for short and medium-term goals for the party. Setting targets through 2035 to achieve China's socialist modernization. In 2021, when the CPC turned 100 years old, the party, at its 19th Century Committee's sixth plenum, adopted a landmark resolution. The document reveals how the CPC's century-long endeavors opened up the right path for achieving rejuvenation of the Chinese nation. It also highlights valuable historical experience obtained over the past century by the Chinese people under the leadership of the Communist Party of China. And that brings us to the end of this episode of Deep Dive. For more discussions on the CPC 20th National Congress, you can subscribe to the show, and we'll keep you updated. If you like us, don't forget to like us on your favorite podcast platform. You can also leave us your comments there about what you want to know about China and the rest of the world. This episode is brought to you by me, Suyi, and my colleague Fei Fei, Mao Yaqing, and Wang Lei. Special thanks to reporters Yang Guang and Ge Anna. See you next time.